Welcome to another episode of the Advice First Podcast. This is your host, Robert Clark, kicking off with another amazing guest. Here today, I have Miss Selena Thomas. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Advice First Podcast. Selena, welcome mm-hmm. to the Advice First Podcast. Thank you so much, Robert. I was so excited. I was very excited. Um, not only are you the queen of publicity, <laughs> I feel like you're constantly recording things, filming things. You do a great job uh, pushing content mm-hmm. on, I mean, everything from what we'll get into on business consulting to, mm-hmm. uh, I know you... Um, are passionate about Santa Clarita absolutely, and a lot of the things that we want to help small businesses with. So we'll get into that as well. Awesome. Um, before we get to that part, yeah. tell me a little bit about um, how you came into the world of HR consulting. Sure. Well, I truly started my company, like many of our small businesses, you know, very organically, right out of a Starbucks on Copper Hill and Seiko. Wow. And I was a, a network queen. So... You know, before I was a social media Still queen, Still yes, on. I networked at VIA, at the Chamber, um, with small businesses and, and making sure that they were solid in their infrastructure with employees. And there's a real niche market for that, mm-hmm. especially here. We are fertile soil, as I tell people, for small businesses. And it was really natural for me to continue that and, and build Six Degrees. And so when I started, I literally would network, meet someone and say, hey, meet me at Starbucks on Copper Hill. We'll talk more about it. And then it would evolve. And then suddenly I was like, I need an office. I need to get bigger. And so eight years later, I'm now trademarked nationally, have international clients. I just was in France earlier this year with a wine client. Darn, I had to go in the field. (laughs) And so... You know, from Albright Painting to La Cocina, Rolling Hitting and Air, really staple companies in our community, family-owned. There's a real nuance to that as well. I'm yeah. a family-owned business myself. And so it just really became something that, separate from the passion I have for people, it serves people. It serves their businesses to have that infrastructure. And similar to the space that you guys operate in, you always want to be able to help people and, and help them protect what they built. Yes. And that's what I do. You nailed it. And so uh, did you have a background in HR? So I have a master's in HR, wow. and I am licensed uh, nationally and now internationally. Yeah. And so it really was, I was grinding and was driving past all these buildings. I'm like, somebody does their HR. <laughs> There's yeah. too many companies out here mm-hmm. that, you know, it makes sense to outsource. You know, so I started really in the medical space with our doctors, um, Dr. Mark Lucier and his practice and his team. They didn't have space or a need for a full-time HR lady, but they needed HR. Yep. And so that's really how it happened in Six Degrees. The premise is that we're all connected globally by six people. But in Santa Clarita, it's two to three. It's yeah. really quick that we found out who we were connected to. And so you're absolutely no different. right. Yeah. So what do you love about human resources that you wanted yeah. to pursue a master's in the topic? Well, you know, we've all worked for bad companies. We've, we've worked for companies that didn't have the infrastructure. And, and always it seemed that the employee got the short end. And that was unfortunate. And I had a few of those bad experiences myself. Mm-hmm. And I was prior to that a social worker. And so I was dealt with serving people. Uh, the social work side was a little too heavy for me, uh, but I still wanted to serve people, and that was an easier kind of transition. So the company I actually worked for as a social worker said, hey, well, 
if we pay for your master's in HR, will you stay and give us another three years of service and we'll call it, you know, even. And that's exactly what happened. And that was in Bakersfield. And I then said, okay, well, I, you know, at that time looking for a new community to live in, 75 miles away, I found Santa Clarita and I raised my girls here and, and built a business and, and here we are. So it so went really fast. So you started in Bakersfield? Yes. When I was married, I lived in Bakersfield. Wow. And so, you know, life happens and, you know, you guys deal with that in your practice and, and, and you know, I was di- divorcing, but I still wanted to be close enough yet far enough away. And I had to have a safe community. I had to have a community with great schools. My dad was retired superintendent and he said let me look at the schools <laughs> I'm like okay Dr. Thomas yeah. check it out and he, then he called me back he's like okay Santa Clarita it has great schools you know coming from that mindset and I was like okay Santa Clarita and he goes Magic Mountain I was like okay that's an easy sell for three young girls like yes we'll move to Magic Mountain yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened and I, I raised that. them here now we have two things in common yeah we like to help people and yes. we both have a diet of Bakersfield yeah, like Cal State Bakersfield alum, what? and uh, no one gets excited about that except you. I think. Yes, you're the my first. ex-husband is in the Hall of Fame. There, he is a national wow. champion, a hammer thrower, That's and crazy. and yeah, definitely. And I'm still very well connected to family there. He was the director for K KGET. Okay. So my kids wow. grew up, and you know that station well. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. yeah very yeah. neat. Well, yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. And so um, you said you really help small businesses, but I feel like that can sometimes be such a general term, So broad, right? right? Yeah. So so how do you classify a small business mm-hmm. that you're working with? You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're small, but not yet big enough to take Correct. on that full-time HR role. And, and I have luckily had clients that have gotten to that sweet spot. So that small number, in my mind, in terms of being a really proficient practitioner is 150, is kind of your sweet spot that now you're, you know, could still use me as an ancillary support to someone internal, but it's time to have that person that's really that internal print person for, and I've vetted people and have people find that replacement for me, which is hard to do, but at the end of the day, I still have a relationship with that client. So 150 is kind of the cap. And during COVID, a lot of my clients that went from 33 to 300 because they were working in the e-commerce space and suddenly needed to be that essential company. Mm-hmm. And that's happened many times. And then in reverse, um, some said, hey, you know, from COVID, we can work more efficiently and, and smaller and we don't need an HR in-house and we could still outsource with six degrees and we saw her billboard and we'll call her. So it happens in both ways, but I'm always here to serve. Even people that have internal HR call upon me and that's to just have a neutral party, a third person. So I've I've provided services for people as big as Scorpion here in town. Wow. And I do their HR videos. And when you plug in and a new employee and you have an orientation, well, Selena comes up and I've had people in the gas station go, you're the HR lady for my company. I, I see you on my videos. And so that's really great to be able to have an ability to still serve people that have something internal. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned COVID, though. And, yes. And I mean, what a time to be the human resources manager for one company. Mm-hmm. And here you are handling for multiple companies. At what least 100 that? in Santa Clarita. What was that like? It was truly, you know, this is where I found a purpose to serve in a larger way than myself. And so I'm glad you asked that question. Because what happened was we didn't have a COVID handbook. None of us had a pandemic perspective to understand how to operate, who was essential, how was it 
that we come back? How do we phase one, phase two, the PPP? There were so many layers to the crisis that I just made myself essential. I wasn't on that list when it came out. I was like, wait, what? And I just said, you know what? I'm going to do like you. I'm going to turn the video on. I'm going to, you know, put my ring light on and I'm going to share what I knew. And, and it served people. And I didn't know where it was landing until I started to get the calls and say, I thought about HR before, but now I need HR just to reopen, just to really help navigate what's happening. And that's really how it happened. It was really organic to how I transitioned into uh, a larger calling to, to serve the community and not just businesses. And so wow. that's what happened. Yeah, that's so impactful. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. How uh, You mentioned 150 employees being the upper end. Mm-hmm. How early do you start to work with a company? I mean, yeah, this is a great question. Some people have learned from crises or other cautionary tales. Like, I just got sued because I didn't do time and attendance correctly for breast mm-hmm. and meal breaks. Yeah. I heard that you're their HR, and so or they heard in a networking scenario this this happened, and so they're always like, "Who's the source for that?" And so I really kind of made myself the source in within our community, and so it was really easy for people of late to go call Selena, call Six Series, and she'll help guide you, even if it's not something she can take on in, in you know, whatever your crisis is, she's connected in, in a way that you'll get some answers, you'll get some support. And so I, I've come to, to accept new clients, but most of my clients come from other clients. I, I typically don't have to promote but I, you know, that's part of the brand now. <laughs> you can't not promote. The world's every day. best promoter doesn't yeah. need to promote, but well, you still promote. Yeah, I still promote because it's important. It's it is part of the brand. It is become. And I was doing daily messages as I mentioned, and then people were like hungry for the messages. So then, what's the message today? And so, of late, it's evolved into you know the countdown for this candidacy, but. You know, prior it was always informative. It was always here's the tip of the day, and you guys can do that in a quick soundbite. Also, and like mm-hmm. these these compliance issues come up, like we had with Cal Savers last year, and right. that was really connection that we mm-hmm. in your team had like a vested interest in making sure that our clients were doing that. Absolutely, no, it's a yeah. great point. Mm-hmm. What uh, uh, I'm curious, you know, because uh, there's there's talk of recession, you know, in, in uh, I worldwide, industry-wide, but Mm -hmm. especially in our industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you also have record low jobless claims. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it just feels like we're in a weird spot right now. And what are you seeing from the small business side Mm -hmm. as far as hiring, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. retention trends or people, you know, uh, losing employees and trying to shave some costs? What are you seeing out there? The big trend right now, ironically, is that we have people that aren't wanting to come back to the workplace in person. We have a lot of people and and we have a lot of workforce issues for our small businesses that aren't really seen in the headlines like you saw with COVID because they're resisting presenting that there's there's this crisis for small businesses that's still going on because we want to promote that things are great and we're leveling out and recovering. But recovery also means stability for a company, and the stability is always in the workforce. And so we have people that are adamant that they want to work remotely. They're adamant that they can ask more of the employer than they did before because there's such a shortage of people coming back. So employers are kind of making that adjustment there and and creating better opportunities, um, being more desirable as a company, being more competitive. And so that, that levels up who gets the, the, the scarce workforce that's mm-hmm. out there. And so that's really the trend right now. And, 
you know, you can kind of predict based on what's happening with some of the numbers with, with COVID, but you can also predict how workforce issues really either mitigate or escalate risk for employers. So I'm always mindful of that. Like, okay, you just hired a group of people. They're not used to your culture. Let's get some training. Let's do sexual harassment, hostile work environment. Let's start setting the tone for what the training and culture looks like in the company because we're all kind of coming back together and it's time. You're doing this annually as best practice. You got a new group of people. Let's do it. So just being a strategic partner in that way is, is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of your clients uh, seeking to hire employees right now? Absolutely. And they're also making the offers a little sweeter. And, and obviously, even in a compromise, like we all have a hybrid schedule. Just mm-hmm. come in three days a week. Wow. And so that's really been of late. Some of the, the structures to some of the offers is like three days, two days, and then the absolutes like trainings. And, and those were things I never did before as a practitioner. Yeah. I'm having to be creative in my own processes to help make a, a an offer a little more um, sound for someone in comparison to maybe another employer. Right. And, you know, we're all kind of competing for for that workforce here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be such a virtue working with multiple clients as opposed to being human resource for just one company. Or one industry, yes. I have a range of industries. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if I were HR for one company out here and we weren't getting resumes or applications in, you know, you you, you start to think, is it our offer? Is it our company? Is Is it it, our culture? Is it the industry? But you see across the way, like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is what's happening over here. I'm Mm -hmm. starting to see this trend. Why don't we make this adjustment? Even with some of the things that they're doing internally, like diversity, equity, inclusion, people are coming in and they're looking at the landscape of, do they feel included? Do they see someone that they feel they can connect to? And does the culture exude that? when they come in. And so there's that real kind of absolute that people separate from sexual harassment, hostile work environment, they also want to see that you have an initiative in that regard as well. And they can do that now because they know their value. And so when employers are, are partnered with someone like me, that's not just doing the compliance piece, they're doing the strategic piece. They're a little more advantaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big time. Mm -hmm. And how important are uh, employee benefits? Oh, and absolute, they're they're again they're measuring your offer against other offers, mm-hmm. and they're leaving and we're countering. I've seen that a lot as well lately. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I got this offer from Zedra, and so what do you want to do? And yeah. so that's been a trend as well. People that are existing are are being headhunted by people, and so that's wow. been kind of like this process where people are almost devouring workforce that's not even put themselves out there. They're like, hey, we saw wow. you on such and such. We would love to see if you would consider our company that's yeah. happening and and for what roles is is it mo- more it runs the gambit everything really i have a lot of people that have learned to develop a, a social media side and so those are of late and you know we talked about the social media piece that i do yeah. and i'm a one-man band but they actually have departments for people that that this is what is driving their revenue and driving their visibility and driving the brand and so they have people that are literally dedicated just to that wow. so that's one trend that i've seen that people have added to their their um 
their bottom line is like this is this is a line item that we need to be investing in. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, and you guys do a great job of it too, because like someone mm-hmm. that is always out there, and you know, you, our algorithms are like the, you know, right. yeah, <laughs> like yep. this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, mm-hmm. it's so important in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. And you know, even if you're not trying to drive new revenue, just the branding, the branding of your company and your culture is in that. And so, this is what lands that caliber candidate. Mm-hmm. And so, the first thing some of my candidates look at is like, do you have social media? Mm-hmm. And and they'll 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 scroll back yeah. <laughs> as they should. What initiatives are you involved in in the community? People now know that they can be a little more um, selective, and they want to be tied to not just the brand that's doing well, mm-hmm. but the company that's giving back. And mm-hmm. so I have a lot of companies that that is a real um, essence of their culture as well. It's core value. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself ever coaching them on social media because you're so good at it? <laughs> well, it's so funny. Um, I, we all kind of draw from each other, and we learn from each other. And so I have a client that's always, uh, you know, really doing the and all white painting is really great at it. And I kind of learned from, you know, their internal processes, and it, it became kind of an essential part of my day, and I became kind of habitual about it. And then, so we're always like, uh, it seems like we're always posting on the same. I'm like, I see you, I see you. Mm-hmm. So I've learned um, from many of my clients, but I don't n- coach them as much as they, they tell me that I modeled something that they ended up, you know, uh, you know, using. And, and it's working, and I think for everybody, knowing that that's kind of the new direction. Being shuttered for so long, that was really our only window. That was really our only window out. And so yeah. people really gleaned a lot from you in that crisis from your social media and then subsequent after. And so everything I do is always very positive. It's always informative. And of course I have my inevitable bloopers and some people just ask for those, like, could you just send that? Cause I needed a day and they happen. And you know, I enjoy posting those as well. Yep. Good so it gives you. you some insight about me and don't take myself too serious. And I definitely am not a pro at this, but I do my best. I love that. Yeah. Social media was very big, especially as it became our primary means of, you know, uh, social relationships Connection. for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend consuming social media? Not much. And it's so funny. As much as you see me on it, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to consume it in the same way. So people will say, hey, did you see such and such? I'm like, no, did you, can you send it to me? Because I am, you know, truly what you're seeing is me grinding and moving. And so I don't have much time to consume it. Because I do know that if I do, I'll go into a wormhole and I won't get out. Yeah. And so I have to be disciplined about it just like everything else. Right. And so I, I appreciate that people will consume mine, but I, I definitely can't say I do the same in terms of anything that's not positive or informative. And so if I do watch it, it's going to be it's similar to, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. And, yep. and you know, the, the culture of, of my social, our social media is, is is really equally yoked in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to fuel your mind with good things just yeah. like you feel your body. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. How do you, with, with so many roles now going remote and mm-hmm. employees saying, hey, I prefer to work remote, There's, I completely agree. There's strong arguments that it is more efficient. Yes. But how does an employer, especially who's not used to that, yes. you know, employer-employee yeah. relationship, Mm-hmm. How do they trust that that person's not sitting on their phone, you sure. know, for multiple hours a day? 
And that's where the infrastructure of Selena Thomas Six Degrees comes in, and that accountability. And so we have to build it into our processes. And so we do actually have handbooks for people that are remote workers versus people that have hybrid versus people that are completely in person or a combination of all three. And so that accountability to the results is always going to be part of how we know that they're not just in a wormhole on YouTube Mm -hmm. is because there's got to be results. And so typically I like to start with kind of a pilot opportunity and then they have, you know, metrics that are met. And by that 30 day, we know that you know, not only the learning curve has happened, but that, that, that they are actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And it's not always suited for every role. I mean, I have a lot of contractors that there's no hybrid role for somebody that's painting. You right. either can be there or you can't. Yep. But for other roles, operationally, I think that efficiency serves everybody. And we did learn a lot. And so we can apply that and still have accountability. And, and people have been actually more efficient. And, and I found this to be true with a lot of the agreements that we've had that they've more than met the metrics. They're actually happier employees. And so we've adjusted and learned kind of a new, I hate the new normal word, but right. it is what it is. It is kind of the new normal of the way people are operating. Yeah, absolutely. Crisis comes again. We know that we have a, a means to keep moving. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned metrics mm-hmm. that you'll want to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, what are some of those metrics that employers can justify whether an individual is making the cut or yeah. performing? So it depends on the position, but definitely the first one is time and attendance. So we have a way to obviously measure that they've clocked in, they're, they're seated. We have people that are in some spaces actually they have to log in and you can actually see them mm-hmm. and and so it's almost as if they're here but they're truly virtual yep. so we know that we know the time and attendance there and those some of those things even include down to the finite detail of you're dressed <laughs> your camera's on yep. and as if you were to be face to face with someone we would expect a professional attire yep. and then of course um, the results could be, you know, from the calls made to contracts being fulfilled, whatever the role is. And I think administratively, it's always easier to figure out if somebody's getting something done. It either is done or it isn't, and, and you'll know that. And then, of course, timelines and deadlines always help people, you know, kind of place things in, in like real time. Like this really happened because the deadline was met, it's completed and we move on to the next. Not every role can do that, but you do you do have sales that can really be driven in that way. Yeah. Is that something that you helped employers measure before the pandemic or are these all pivots really that you've had to build in? They really have built them in built in. And right. it was sometimes a way to make the argument that we're essential. Yeah. And we can do it in this way. And so that was also a guide for outcomes Mm -hmm. to go, okay, we can justify this because the outcomes yielded that we can. And it really is the person. Like I told people in this process, here's where you get to make it your own, right? No one's ever done this before. So show us what it looks like. And then, of course, you have situations where someone shows you, like I tell my kids all the time, here's your mistake. You showed me that you could do it and you can do it well. So now I have the expectation. And that's the same with employees. You showed me you made it your own, and now you've set the bar for me to use as a guide for anyone else coming in. And that's kind of like how we develop. And so when someone makes something their own, because we've never done it before, there's real opportunity. And that's really, you know, for us, like a highlight as a company. Like this never happened before. Now we have this person, and that's like truly the new way we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. That's a dedicated um, person in that position. Yep. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so key. Yeah. And so you are running for city council yes. for Santa Clarita Valley. I am. And so exciting. Tell me why you wanted to take that on. Sure. Well, truly, the antithesis of it was the crisis with COVID. During the crisis, as I mentioned, I was getting on camera every day, sharing, and I had business owners say, we need your voice at city council. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a long recovery. And being small, we, we knew our recovery was going to be longer than the big boys. And if we didn't have a voice, it could be even longer than that. And so that's really how it happened. I had owners that said, your business acumen and your your compassion for what we're going through right now is needed. And, you know, there are other issues that came forward that made sense. You know, my kids are older now. I have two in college. One is a junior in high school. So that in and of itself. And I'm, I'm that mom, like the travel ball mom, softball, volleyball, everywhere mom. And so they're like, hey, you should set some goals, Mom. We, we're doing yeah. our thing. And so that was, you know, the where they were really made a difference. And then I think the community is looking for a new, fresh voice. I was a voice that was part of the crisis, so they're, they're, they're looking for that voice in the recovery. Mm-hmm. They know that I had results in that, and they know that um, I led in that without, you know, when someone makes themselves essential, that's leadership. And I think that all kind of combined with, you know, we're looking at a new community. Even in the last four years since the incumbents last ran, our diversity has changed completely. We went from 70% community to 50% minority community now. We're at 50%. A lot of people don't realize that. Because during that shift, not just the COVID crisis, but there was a big population boom and change here. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are looking for representation that looks like the community. And I've been here for 12 years. I certainly can say I'm a stakeholder. I've raised kids here, built a business helping businesses. I'm a stakeholder. I'm a homeowner. And so all the issues that constituents have, I am a constituent first and I embody what's possible. And I think people look to that when in their leadership. Yeah. There's and credibility with that. What uh, you alluded to a few pieces of it, but I'd be curious yeah. to hear your scope. Sure. What influence do you hope to make once you are a part of city council? Yeah, so I am the only no party preference candidate in this race. Mm. So that impact alone to say that there's a person that's dedicated to the people and not the party affiliations, I think was important. It's a nonpartisan seat. So we have to act in a nonpartisan way, bipartisan in in our decision making. It has to be for the people. But really amplifying that in being a no party preference speaks volumes, I think. And so I hope to bring people together, which is what I do in business. I'm often the mediator in employee-employee relations. I'm strategic partner for employers. I'm a mediator for employees when they have issues. And so bringing a sound voice that allows people to feel like they're advocated for I always go into situations going, here's what we're going to do. There's definitely going to be some compromise. Mm -hmm. So let's just be open about that. And that just kind of lowers anyone's expectation that they're going to get everything they want. And I think leadership has to do that. We have to make tough decisions in leadership. I've had to do it with employers when they've had to downsize or anything. And so those tough decisions are something that I'm comfortable with. And I've had a social service background, and so I'm I'm used to serving people. Every role I've ever had professionally has always been to serve. So this would be no different. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. What what decisions um, does city council make that would affect business owners out sure. in Santa Clarita? So decisions like we've had 
you know, we were brushed with the broad stroke with the county numbers, with the mass mandates, mm-hmm. right? And so some of the decisions about just allowing certain exceptions to owners, um, business owners that are trying to open and waiving certain fees and allowing for them to appeal to what is specific to us. Uh, I think we learned a lot from that in, in and we're trying to present as a community to have some level of autonomy from the county. And that is needed in terms of somebody being able to articulate it and knowing those nuances. I hope to develop a business consortium where business owners can say, these are our, still our troubles. Like I mentioned, the workforce issues. Mm-hmm. But then we're having this SO. How can we um, lean on the city to support us? Mm-hmm. Um, is there some exception that can be made to us when we reopen? Is there some opportunity in grants and procurement opportunities, which is huge for me? And as an MBE, I'm a minority business enterprise. That means I can obtain uh, and seek procurement opportunities with other municipalities and Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. Really helping business owners find that sweet spot where they fit in and can obtain procurement opportunities with the city. So that in and of itself, a lot of people don't realize is available. And you're leaving money on the table and you have an opportunity to scale with that information and and learning how to get certified in doing that. That's that's how Six Degrees scaled. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I grew up out here as well. And I always remembered... Santa Clarita is so pro-small business. At least you see so many businesses out here. And I know it's likely changed throughout the years, but all the things you're mentioning, I don't think most of the businesses are aware of how Santa Clarita steps in to support businesses. Absolutely. And so I think you could do a great job you know, just a voice communicating that. that. Yeah, and I have established relationships with the, the entities that support small businesses. I work very closely and often refer to the Workforce Development Center over at COC. I am on two steering committees for our chamber, Santa Clarita Chamber of Commerce. I'm a member of VIA. I'm a Sarathamist. I am SCV's HR guru with a signal right here across the hall. So I'm always putting myself in a position to not just avail myself to information, but to communicate it, as you mentioned. And I have a passion for people. And so it's very easy for me to go, hey, did you know that this, you know, and so highlighting things and the people behind certain businesses has always been something that I've enjoyed doing. And mm-hmm. having started my own business and my daughter's work for me, I think there's a real culture in our community of family-owned businesses that people can appreciate. We build legacy, right? And when you build legacy as a business owner, you're building community. It all connects. This is the reason why Six Degrees, it was so apropos for me to name my company because everything connects. Mm -hmm. So I think just being really mindful about that and hopeful about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say, if you're listening to this and you don't think Selena belongs on city council, <laughs> you are probably crazy. And please Aww. unsubscribe from the podcast. So sweet. Thank uh, you. You have our vote. How can listeners support you, Thank in, you. The, in the vote? Definitely, you know, you're going to get your mail-in ballot on, on October 8th. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of Selena Thomas and, like, mushrooms, signs going up everywhere. Share the share the information um i always tell people make an informed decision i leave a lot of information we talked about the queen of you know content i did that so that people can make an informed decision after i ran last time 
I only ran 113 days and it was all virtual. And I still had several thousand votes. I was, you know, a real impact. And I said, go back and run in person and run two years and don't stop running until you win. So I think sharing it, sharing my values, sharing what my intentions are, and, and, and that I'm a voice for everybody. And that's so important to me that everybody knows that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for uh, asking. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, the the one piece you mentioned the HR guru yes. at Signal yes uh, took me a while to think of yeah. the the words sure um, is and that's a podcast correct yes that's um, with the Signal and it's if you go to the podcast you'll see there's 24 episodes of the HR guru Selena Thomas SCV's HR guru SCV's so Santa Cruz Valley's HR guru man yeah. and how often do you record episodes? so obviously during campaign season I'm I'm doing all candidacy stuff so I looked at pick up after the first of the year and yep. I do a, a show bi-weekly. Wow. Yeah. That's so a twice lot. a month. Yeah. yeah. But you know, if you follow me, you can see, you know, part of the the purpose of sharing the content is that so people can see my work ethic. So I'm kind of wired in that way too. So it is definitely something that if I'm not busy, I'm like, what happened? What's going on? Why is it, you know, so I replaced one thing in the sense that I'm not traveling as much with my daughter, Mia, who's now retired from softball. She retired. Wow. But she was playing nationally, and so now she's at University in Portland enjoying a college experience as just a student, and I'm so proud of her, on an academic scholarship out of Saugus. And so I'm um, not doing that traveling like I was, and so I fill my time um, in other ways and, and always promoting and doing something positive. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids <laughs> must look up to you. I mean, they. <laughs> well, actually, I'm shorter than them now. <laughs> but So I, yeah, it's kind of funny, but I'm really, I'm really blessed. I have three daughters that are amazing. And, and if any of it's landing for them, I'm happy. And they've found what feeds their soul in this community. And it's ripe for anyone to come here and find something that feeds them. And so I have a volleyball player, I have an equestrian and a softball daughter. Wow. So, and it was all right here for all of us to, to figure out. But it's, thank you. I mean, that's that, the <laughs> proof is in the pudding. You, thank you. you raised three girls, Amazing. and they all have exposure to things that they found and Absolutely. loved. Absolutely. My daughter went to France with me as my assistant to wow. see a client in Bordeaux. And so I reminded her, I said, hey, we started this in Starbucks in mm-hmm. Santa Clarita. We're on a super train. Like, take that in right now. And so she had her first glass of champagne there. I set the bar very high, and we had a good time. No so, yeah. kidding. Yeah, it that's, was a good time. That's incredible. Thank you so much. How can our listeners find and connect with you? Definitely. It's so funny. I had a branding meeting, and a client told me, like, you just, I just Googled your name in Santa Clarita, and everything came up. But I do have a link tree that connects everything. Mm-hmm. So Linktree, Selena Thomas, or you can Google Selena Thomas, or you can Google Six Degrees. But Linktree has everything there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my website for the um, the city. Yeah, oh, and city for, council for is Selena Thomas uh, for city council. What's the website address? Selena Thomas for city council. Love it. Dot com. Yep. com. yep. Okay. And Selena is S-E-L-I-N-A Thomas. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. And um, <laughs> if you've never noticed her billboard here yes. locally, I yeah. guarantee you after listening to this, you are going to see it nonstop. Yes. So yeah. keep an eye out for it. It changes um, on Monday to vote for Selena Thomas. So it's in the same spot, same color, a lot of continuity to my branding, as you know. And I'm so grateful for um, Brian and Lindsay Schlick, who were huge and instrumental in my branding and, and all the things that you see in my imagery is, was come, comes from them. So I'm grateful for their... their they are magicians yes, with that. Yes, they really are. And so that goes back up on the 12th 
And you'll see that through the election, and then you'll see it again uh, back to six degrees for another year. Awesome. So I've I've bought that spot. I was like, this is my flag. I'm going to keep it right here, and, and people enjoy it. I've had people in the gas station say, hey, are you that lady? I'm like, yep, that's me. That's so so it's, it's a really cool signature spot for me, so thanks for noticing. Very, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Selena Thomas, I look forward to having you yes. on our city council. Thank you so and much. I'm I really so grateful it. that you joined us here yeah. on the advice for Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Advisory services offered through Prosperitas Financial, an investment advisor registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are of those of Prosperitas Financial and do not offer tax or legal advice.